This is a reading of Dragon Song by myself, Caitlin Cunningham. The page was like freshly fallen snow, just waiting for someone to leave their footprints upon it. He stared at the empty sheet of paper before him, illuminated by the warm golden glow of a sinking sun, clenching and unclenching his fist as he grasped his pen. The blank page stared back. He had nothing, not one blasted word. The sun had been high in the sky when Rayner sat down to write his sister a letter. He would have sat there still, as does a statue, if not for the change in light alerting him to the passage of time. Shaking himself from the words swimming inside his own head, he stoppered his inkwell and stood before making his way to the front door. Perhaps a walk would clear his head. Nearly ten years gone, Raynar celebrated entering the world of adulthood, and upon doing so, left his small village to seek his fortune in the capital. A move that had caused... tension, he supposed you could call it, within his family. He had not spoken to his sister since his departure, mostly out of cowardice. Every time he found it within himself to reconnect, he would sit down to write her and find himself lost. By the dawn of the following day, his newfound courage would be gone, burned off like morning mist with the rising of the sun. Meanwhile, the last decade had been particularly fruitful for Rayner. Upon his arrival in the capital, he had, quite by chance, waylaid a man wanted for counterfeiting long enough that imperial enforcement agents were able to catch up with him. Playing it cool, Raynor implied that it had been his plan all along, and was rewarded handsomely. This turn of good luck was followed by another, as the naive country lad was taken for a fool and convinced to invest his newfound fortune in a high-risk venture. Or at least, that's what the teller handling the transaction thought, but what seemed a foolish move turned out to be greatly profitable investment into a trading company that quickly cornered an as-of-then unknown market for lapis lazuli in a neighboring land, where it was quite popular among the upper class as a symbol of status. Now a wealthy merchant, Raynar lived in a stately little townhouse not far from the central market. He lived modestly compared to his peers, because that was the way he liked it. It was often said about him that you could take the boy out of the small town, but you could not take the small town out of this boy. Raynor was hard-pressed not to consider all of this as he walked the streets of his city. Trying to write to his sister always, inevitably, led to such musings. He let his feet take him where they willed, wandering aimlessly into the night. He stopped at one point to grab a mince pie to quell his unhappy stomach, but other than that he kept to himself. Finally he found himself at the wharf. Raynor found a piling next to an unoccupied slip and perched himself upon it. The night was clear, and a half-moon smiled at him from high in the west. The stars twinkled down on him from above and below, reflected as they were in the mirror-still harbor. Raynor took this all in as he was buffeted by a very gentle summer breeze, salty with the sea, warm with the season, and cool with the night, all at once. It was as Raynor sat here, centering himself, that he noticed a ripple in the water, moving through the harbor. He found it odd that on such a still night in an inlet as sheltered as this, there would be such motion in the water. Not to mention, this was the only spot where the water was at all disturbed. As he sat squinting at this anomaly, a great ridge of spines crested from beneath the water. His eyes wide with shock, Rainer hopped to his feet upon the piling and made a motion to shout a warning to the others occupying the wharf at this hour. But he wasn't fast enough. 
A dragon burst forth from the water, blasting the ships with fire. Raynor fell from his precarious perch into the sea. Through the inky darkness of the water and the blur and sting of the salt, he could see blinding light blast above him, incinerating the dock to the water surface instantly. With a gasp, he surfaced, and he was met with the smell of fire and burning flesh. The wharf was gone. Any ships it had housed were sinking fast. The dragon circled overhead. Its long, serpentine body was illuminated by the fires burning below. Its scales like rubies and amethyst, tinged bloody red by the blaze. Sputtering and shivering, his eyes locked on the image of destruction hanging over the city, Raynor made his way toward shore. Just as he hauled himself onto solid ground, the dragon shrieked a blood-curdling cry. Raynor clapped his hands to his ears, and upon removing them was surprised to find that they weren't covered with blood. Again, the dragon blasted the city with fire, this time aiming for some unseen target deeper in the city. Dumbfounded, Raynor watched the horror unfold before him. Time seemed to slow to a crawl as fire rained from above. Suddenly, the dragon was blasted sideways, thrown through the sky by a small winged finger that shone metallic in the eerie crimson light. The king's champion, master of magic and swordsmanship, had finally come. Raynor let out a sigh of relief. Surely, now that the king's champion was on the scene, everything would be okay. In the next breath, the dragon burst back into view and slammed the champion with his tail, sending him flying. He careened back toward the wharf, toward Raynor, where he collided with the ground, turning the cobbles in the road the way a farmer plows his field. The dragon roared with triumph as the champion staggered to his feet. Until this, Raynor had stood still, aghast, but something about the howl of the dragon song brought him back to his senses. The champion was fighting the dragon, and he was maybe 30 yards from the champion. That's 30 yards from the dragon's main target. He needed to run. Raynor sprinted away just as a blast of fire engulfed what little remained of the wharf. He could feel the heat of the flames against his back. Suddenly, the roar of fire from the dragon's moss stopped, and Raynor heard a splash. The sound of water steaming and hot stone cracking as it rapidly cooled followed shortly after. Raynor glanced back to see the champion flying above the water's edge, the dragon gone from view. As he watched, it exploded from beneath the waves, roaring. Raynor stopped looking back and redoubled his speed. He ran from the wharf to the capital's main street in minutes, a distance which had taken him hours to stroll earlier that very night. Just as he swung onto the main road, a wall of fire erupted from the side street he had just turned off of. The dragon followed, slammed into the ground by the champion, who swung him around by its tail as a child would swing a jump rope. Raynor ran on, now joined by others fleeing the carnage behind them. What started as a trickle turned into a stampede, and Raynor struggled to not get run over. At this point, even if he wanted to go in a different direction, he would be unable to fight the powerful rush of the crowd behind him to do so. Blindly, he moved with the herd. As the echo of the battle between the champion and the dragon began to fade somewhat, overtaken by the frightened wails of his fellow citizens, a strange tension began to form in the air. What started as an almost imperceptible hum quickly grew to a roar, and the stars that had been so clear when Raynor had been by the wharf were now totally obscured by clouds. Look there! Someone shouted from within the crowd, and as one of the fleeing people turned to look, a silhouette backlit by flashes of lightning stood upon the ramparts of the palace. It's the king! Someone else shouted. 
That was the last sound Rainer was able to make out before lightning bombarded the city, a wild series of flashes and booms that drowned out all else. And then all was still. Sometime later, with peace having returned to the city after the dragon was confirmed to have been electrocuted in the king's spell, Rainer made his way home. Miraculously, his prim and somewhat pompous little house was still standing, practically unscathed by the fire and destruction that had racked the city. One of the manicured little hedges in the front of it had been burned, but that was about it. Inside, Rainer hung his coat on its usual hook and put his shoes in their usual place next to the door. He caught a glimpse of himself in the mirror that hung in his foyer and found himself practically unrecognizable, covered as he was by ash. He trudged to his washroom to clean up. He started by washing his face. He was surprised to find, however, that it was still wet even though he had dried it. The events of the evening caught up with him all at once, and Raynar was powerless to stop the flood. Some time later, now clean from head to toe and feeling drained, Raynar found himself in his study, the snowy white paper staring up at him in the candlelight. With a sigh, he seated himself before it. He unstoppered his ink. He breathed, and then he began to write.